everyone. I hope that you are doing well, surviving, keeping sane. Welcome to the next episode in the series. Let's see how long I can keep this up. Okay. Um, so, I mean, the basic premise of these episodes is we just do a little bit of biology, no gigantic over overviews, anything like that. We're trying to keep it small, we're going to keep it focused on one particular thing, okay? And hopefully that helps you to make an assessment about whether that whether this particular bit makes sense to you or not. Okay, because in, in biology, that's kind, kind of your job as a student. You read a sentence, you read a page, you know, you have a lesson. And at the end of it, you have to decide whether, you know, did, did that thing make sense to you or did it not make sense to you? And if it doesn't make sense to you, you've got to take some action. If it did make sense to you, great, you've got to try and uh, put it into practice, um, start applying it. Okay, uh, start learning it, memorizing it. Okay, so the whole point is, you know, I'm trying to encourage people to try and do a little bit every day. And so I'm going to try and do that myself, show, that, show you that that's possible. And, and if we can do a little bit every day, um, then great. So let's continue. Um, we're looking at exchange systems, right? Uh, last time we discussed uh, ex gas exchange in insects. And this time we'll look at uh, gas exchange in fish. And in the next one, we'll look at uh, lungs and gas exchange in mammals. Okay, so I'm, I don't often teach this actually, so I'm, I'm, you can consider me, uh, like yourself, a little bit of a newbie, uh, a little bit of a novice when it comes to this. So let's work through it together. Okay, you can maybe get an insight into my thought process, uh, how my brain works. Okay, so exchange in fish, right? Now remember, exchange, we're looking for those three characteristics, right? Those three characteristics. We're looking for high surface area to volume ratio, right? That's the first thing. We are looking for a high concentration gradient, right? Or a high concentration difference. And finally, we're looking for a short diffusion distance and in this case how does the fish address how does the fish gas exchange system address those things okay so which will that's what we're looking at so I'll just get uh, yeah let's get rid of that let's get rid of that okay and let's get into it okay um, so what happens now the, the thing is that water is different water is quite different to air all right so the insects and mammals they they carry out gas exchange essentially with air okay so they're, they're extracting the oxygen and, and and disposing of the co2 into the air right whereas in fish they have to deal with water now there's there's a couple of things that's interesting about water now water is much more viscous than air okay and the other thing is that it's got much uh, less oxygen dissolved in it 
right? So the, the overall concentration of the oxygen in water is going to be much lower. Fish have to work just that little bit harder to get that oxygen um, into their bodies and get rid of that uh, carbon dioxide, okay? So, but how does it work? Let's focus on the key points here, all right? Because, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to make sense of it just like you guys are. So, all right, so what we have is we've got water, right? We've got, we're going to have lots of water, and in that water, we are going to have, um, relatively, we're going to have a higher concentration of oxygen, okay? And relatively, we're going to have a lower concentration of carbon dioxide. Now, that water is going to go in through the buccal cavity of the fish, okay? Uh, essentially, into the mouth, and it's going to go through the gills, all right? So this structure here that we that's on the inside we can't really see it in this in this form in or from this view right the gills just like the lungs are in in mammals we have the gills in fish now they're the gas exchange organ okay we can't really see them here but anyway that water is going to go into the mouse mouth through the gills and out okay so the exchange that's going to happen is going to happen at the gills, right? And what will happen is the oxygen will enter the blood, right? So the blood is flowing through the gills, right? So we've got a blood circulation that's flowing past the gills, all right? And off it goes, continues, the circulatory system, okay, which we discussed already. Did we? No, we didn't. Well, we're going to. Okay, so what happens is that at the gills, then the oxygen, let's just change color there, let's call it red, right? Stick to the conventions, right? So oxygen is going to dissolve into the blood or, or diffuse, sorry, into the blood and carbon dioxide carbon dioxide, CO2, at the gills, CO2 is going to dissolve um, from the blood into the water, and then when the water comes out, when the water comes out, it will have a slightly less oxygen and a bit of carbon dioxide added to it, okay? So that's what's happening overall to allow the um, uh, fish to exchange gases with the water, okay? Um, now let's see how that works. So there's two, there's two parts to this, okay? One is how the fish generates the flow of water, okay? So how do we get the flow of water through the gills or over the gills? That's the first thing. And the second thing is going to be, you know, what are the particular structural features of the gills that allows it to maximize this rate of diffusion, okay? So um, features, so the two is gonna be features of the gills, all right? So let's look at one first. 
Okay guys, so there are a number of parts to this which we need to be aware of, okay? So the, uh, I think what helps is a side view, okay? So we have the, the mouth of the fish, okay? So that's one part of it, okay? And, and this helps A to see what the mouth is doing, okay? Secondly, it also helps this, the floor of the buccal cavity, this is essentially the bottom part of the mouth, okay? So the floor, floor of buccal cavity, okay? So that's the bottom part of the mouth. So that's one part, all right? Now, the other view we're gonna have is the top view. So we're looking from the top, so if that's the top, looking down on the fish then okay which then allows us to see the essentially the gill flaps or the or the operculum okay so that's and that's where our that's where our gills are okay and that's the rest of the fish there okay do, do, do. okay right and so if, if that's the eye there you know roughly our Eye will be eyes will be somewhere there okay so this is what we need to keep our um, we need to keep in mind okay so what what are and, and right we have the operculum here okay and and here right inside this structure we are going to have the opercular valve Okay, now as, as valves, they, they kind of open and shut to control the flow of um, a fluid from one place to another. Okay, so we're going to keep our keep in mind what these four things are doing um, to generate the flow of the water. Okay, so let's begin. So we, we talked about, you know, stage one being the flow of the water. So 1A is going to be the first part of this. So in in 1A, what happens? Okay, so let's um, we'll draw the water in blue. Okay, so when the mouth is open, okay, and the floor of the buccal cavity is lowered, right? The so the when the mouth is open, the water flows in. Okay, so in A, part A, mouth open. I'm going to write this. Okay, so in A, mouth is open mouth is open, water flows in. Cool, that makes sense. Okay, so the mouth is open and the water flows in, in it goes. Okay, and the water enters the buccal cavity. Water enters buccal cavity. Great, so it's kind of in the first place that we need it to be. Okay, so the water is now in the buccal cavity, right here. Doo -doo -doo. All right, but we need it to move, right? We need it to move and we need it to move in a particular place. So how do we, we want it to move over the gills. So the water is now in this location. How do we get it to move in that direction? Okay, so let's, let's do that. That's the next thing. So the next thing, so 
this will be now part B, okay? The next thing we are going to do is we are going to close the mouth, okay? So we're gonna close the mouth. So we're gonna do a number of things now to increase the pressure in this area. So we're going to increase the pressure in the vocal cavity, right, to get it to go in a particular direction. Because remember, fluids only move when, you, when they are at a higher pressure than another area, okay? So just like, uh, you know, things diffuse when there's a uh, concentration gradient, fluids move when there is a pressure gradient, okay? So this fluid ain't gonna go anywhere if we don't put it under pressure. So how do we do that? Well, we are going to close the mouth, first of all. We're gonna close the mouth. All right, so the mouth is gonna close. Doop, doop, doop. Mouth closed. Clean that up a little bit. Just to make that clearer. Okay, so we are going to close the mouth. All right, so we closed the mouth now. Don't know why it's looking like a bird. Close the mouth. What else we're gonna do? We're going to raise the floor of the buccal cavity. All right, we're gonna raise the floor of the buccal cavity. So we close the mouth, and in stage B also, we're going to raise the floor of buccal cavity so essentially we're going to make that space smaller okay um, when we do that this increases increases the pressure on water okay so we increase the pressure on the water and now um, it needs to go now so far the opercular valve was shut so far the opercular valve was shut okay to draw the water in to draw the water in we had the mouth open the floor of the buccal cavity was down and we increased the volume in there to suck the water in through the mouth but at that point the opercular valve was shut Okay, so in stage A, let's just add that there. The opercular valve was shut. So the water only comes in through the mouth, not back in through the gills, not in the wrong direction. Okay, so because the opercular valve was shut and the mouth was open, when we increased the volume of the buccal cavity at the beginning, the water was drawn in through the mouth and not through the gills. In stage B, or 1B, we're closing the mouth, we're raising the floor of the buccal cavity, we're increasing the pressure on the water, and finally we are opening the opercular valve. We open the opercular valve, so because we're increasing the pressure on the on the water in the buccal cavity, we're opening the opercular valve, therefore, therefore, actually if we do that in blue, therefore, the water moves out from the buccal cavity, out of the fish, via the gills, okay? Via the gills, and there we have it, that's the magic, okay? 
So the opercular valve opens and because the water is under high pressure from, from all the preceding steps, water flows out over the gills. And there we have it. Okay, and then it, to, to repeat the process again, because this is continuous, okay, what will happen? The opercular valve will shut, the mouth will open, the buccal, the floor of the buccal cavity will go down, draw the water in, then the mouth will close, the buccal cavity floor will rise, put pressure on the water, the opercular valve will open and out goes the water again flowing over the gills okay um, and we'll see why we'll see why it's important not to have water flowing in the opposite direction i.e back into the buccal cavity through the gills right because the uh, the structure of the gills is very very specific uh, it's adapted to have that water flowing in one particular direction okay all right, so that's the water flow dealt with. Now let's look at what's going on in the gills, right? What is happening in the gills um, to ensure that there is a lot of gas exchange happening between, you know, position A and position B, okay? There's a lot of gas exchange happening in this particular location. Let's discuss that next, okay? So because there's many of these gills, uh, because they're very close uh, together, they're very thin shaped, okay, that, that essentially adds to the high surface area to volume ratio. High surface area to volume ratio, first of all, because there's many of these uh, gill lamellae, all right? Okay, there's many gill lamellae and then the water essentially is flowing in this direction over the gills through the gill lamellae okay so the water's flowing like this now what about the blood circulation well the blood circulation so the blood goes in two directions so we'll start with the deoxygenated blood and then it moves in this direction like so, and then it moves in this direction, okay. that way, and as it does so, it will be getting, it will be getting oxygenated, right? So the, the blood here, that's oxygenated, it's happening, so as it's going, do I have a purple? Can I get a purple? Right? So it's becoming oxygenated as it goes along here, getting much more oxygenated as it goes along. Finally, red. Okay. So that's what we have there. Okay, so I hope that we're following that. Now, what's, what's actually going on here? Well, as the blood flows through these capillaries, as the blood flows through the capillaries, it's 
uh, it's exchanging, right? So the, the capillaries are right close. The capillaries, again, they're, they're one cell thick, they're very thin, they are very close, they're making contact with the water that's flowing over the gills. So that's, that's key here, that there's a short diffusion. There's a short diffusion distance, right, between the blood and the water. Right? That's what we have to think about. What's the, what, what's the barriers? What's the thickness between the blood and the water? Let's think about that. Okay, so look, look at the gildameni. They're really thin in the first place. Next, the capillary that's moving through them, that's only, that's only going to be one cell thick um, uh, a wall of those blood vessels. Right, so that's another thing. So add those two things together, there's not then a lot of distance between um, uh, the blood where the oxygen is and, and sorry, the, the water where the oxygen is and the blood where the carbon dioxide is. So the exchange can happen very easily over that short diffusion distance. So that helps to increase the rate of diffusion. Okay, third. And this, this is the magic, guys, this is the magic. Now, you see, as, as the, if we think about this, the highest concentration of the oxygen in the water, the highest concentration of the oxygen in the water is at this point, right? So, right there. That's where the oxygen is highest concentration, okay? Now, the, the blood, by the time that the blood has reached this point, it's quite, it's quite oxygenated. Right, so the highest concentration, but there's still a concentration gradient because at this point, the oxygen concentration is very high. O2, very high. Let's call it O2 concentration, very high. At this point in, in the gill lamelli, the, in the blood, the oxygen concentration is just high. So because the, at this point, the water concentrate, the water oxygen concentration is very high, and the blood concentration of oxygen is just high. There's a gradient, so oxygen will diffuse in. Okay, but by the time the water gets to the other side of the gill lamellae, the water concentration of oxygen is just going to be high. So the water concentration of oxygen is going to be high. But at this point in the gill lamellae, the, the deoxygenated blood, blood is just arrived. Okay, so it hasn't undergone a lot of diffusion yet. So at this point in the capillary, in the blood, the oxygen concentration is actually low. So the blood, the blood concentration of oxygen is low. Okay, so the way that the structure of the lamellae is, it always makes sure that, oh, that the, the diffusion of oxygen and vice versa, the diffusion of carbon dioxide from the capillaries into the water, can happen over the whole surface of the gill lamellae. Okay, um, so that is really important. And, and this is kind of, this is the idea of the uh, counter counter-current flow, okay? You see the blood, generally the blood is flowing in this direction, okay? And the water is flowing in the opposite direction, 
which means that which means that there is always some kind of a concentration gradient between the two. Okay, if they were both flowing in the same direction, at some point the concentration would equalize and they'd become the same. And therefore, from that point onwards, there would be no further diffusion, right? But because we've got a counter current flow, right? Even if some, like, say we've got a hundred here and 50 here, right? So it's there's diffusion going in that way, right? So by the time we get further down, you're going to have 90 here. But, um, but you're going to have about 40 here. So there's still going to be diffusion. And let's say by the time we get here, we've got 80. But here, we're going to have 30. So we've still got diffusion going. Right? Whereas if, you, if, they, were, if they were kind of both moving in the same direction, at some point, the, the concentration would equalize. Okay? So there we have it. Um, in the fish, high surface area because of the of the shape of the gills, of the of the number that you can stack together, and collectively that that gives you a high surface area. You've got the short diffusion distance again, the shape of the gill lamellae, the fact that there's capillaries through all the gill lamellae, um, and and they're one cell thick, and they're so close to the, the, the water that's flowing over them, okay? That ensures a short diffusion distance. And finally, because of the direction of the blood flow through the gill lamellae um, being in opposition to the flow of the water, and that's, again, that's why we needed to make sure that the water flows through the gills in one direction, okay? Uh, in a particular direction, I should say, um, rather than in the opposite one, because the opposite one would that wouldn't be countercurrent, right? So because we've we've got the flow from the buccal cavity through the gills to the outside through the gills, um, that ensures the countercurrent flow. Okay, because the blood is flowing in technically is kind of flowing in the opposite direction. Okay, and that's it, guys. That's the fish gas exchange system. Little bit of a longer discussion there. I think uh, it needed that explanation um but yeah and then the, the next time again we'll be looking at the lungs and how the lungs achieve a high surface area to volume ratio how uh how the lungs have a short diffusion pathway and how well they don't have a countercurrent flow but how the lungs maintain that diffusion sorry that concentration concentration gradient right so the fish achieves that concentration gradient through the countercurrent flow, how is the concentration gradient maintained in the lungs? That's the question. All right, guys, um, I hope this has been uh, helpful in some way. I've certainly benefited from talking this through, so I don't really teach it very often, but yeah, 